Table Talks, end of the year edition, 2019, EOY RTT, episode 35. A special bonus. Special bonus content. Uh, not uh, tied to anything other than maybe just end of the year reflections, thoughts, lessons learned, stuff we're thinking about, stuff we're learning. 2019 comes to a close. Start to wrap up your year. Yeah. Good yeah. time for good time for reflection. That's right. I think that's right. End of the year is every day is a good day for reflection. But end of the year is a natural time. So um, you you do you want to start or you want me to start or what's some things that you've learned well, or maybe thinking I'll about start just even the, the process of it. Uh, not even specifics yet. I, you know, I think I'm pretty disciplined uh, on the most part uh, at reflection at thinking about the day or the past days or some lesson I'm thinking I'm learning, but I'm not at big picture. Uh, it doesn't come naturally to think, uh, what was this last year? What was the last five years? Yeah. You know, that doesn't really come normal to me. What's, what do you think the benefit of that, of sitting down intentionally and saying, okay, Let's reflect on some high points and low points this year for me. What did I learn? What went well? I mean, anything. I mean, a bigger picture sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, what's the benefit of do- yeah, doing Yeah, so I'm probably picture? more the opposite where I might miss, I might miss the, the trees for the forest. Um, I think the benefit is you only see certain things when you take a wider view. Hmm. Like when you're, if you're in the day or in the week or in the month, you will only see things typically, I think, within the context of what's happening in your life. Mm -hmm. You're thinking about some lessons you're learning or some way you need to maybe change or, you know, some weakness you're discovering, but it's all sort of contextual in this thing that you're going through or whatever brought it to mind or something. Um, And it's sort of kind of about your experience now um, where I think you probably, I probably, none of us would then think, okay, what's happening in the bigger picture? What's happening in our culture? What's happening in our world? How is that impacting me? How is it impacting the church? How is it impacting my family? You know, what, how do I think of that? That, what, what are my emotions about that? Am I scared of it? All that sort of, I think you almost have to be intentional about that or else it just, and I think there's only, you have to be intentional about it. And then once, when you do that, it's sort of unique. It's sort of, uh, I just don't think we naturally, we're just living our lives, you know? Yeah. And I just don't think we you get out, you know, we talk about here on the staff, we got the whirlwind and you got the three or four things that you need to be kind of pulling out of the whirlwind to work on, or you'll, otherwise the whirlwind just subsumes you. It's, I think this is a similar thing where the whirlwind of life, even if it's a good whirlwind, will keep you from doing the more strategic, you know, the tactical of life keeps you from the more strategic uh, of life. Uh, and I think that's true for probably almost everybody. You know? So you're just responding to the every day or right. the next three days or yeah. the next, you know, and the responses might be good. It might right. be healthy. It all might be good. So it's not like one or the other or one versus the other. I do think the bigger picture thing is, is healthy. And that's why I do think at the end of the year, it's kind of good to take stock. Um, you know, where have I grown spiritually? Have I grown spiritually? Mm-hmm. Have I regressed spiritually? Cause that's also on the table. That's a good question. I thought, what kind of person have I 
grown into or not grown into? Well, have I grown into, period? Yeah. yeah. What kind of person yeah. am I more like at the end of this right. year? And I might need some help answering that question. I yeah. might need to ask some people. And, you know, I, I think um, I have this little graph I draw where, you know, there's this kind of low sloped line, which is represents spiritual growth. And then this higher sloped line above it, which kind of deviates from it, which represents the not our, our awareness of our knowledge of our own sin and weakness and fallenness. Yeah. And my contention being as we grow, our knowledge of our own issues grow. Mm-hmm. So we can actually feel worse about ourselves in a way yeah. and be growing. And that's, that's where I would good. say, if you feel great about where you are, well, maybe that's good, but maybe you're not looking at something you should look at. Maybe you're blind to something that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I remember, and and he's a little bit controversial now, but Derek Webb was uh, an artist, or is an artist, a uh, musician, and he used to be in Cademan's Call. Call right. And he came here a few times to Calvary, and uh, one of the times he came, I remember something I thought he said was, was really true, and you just hit on it, that the more we grow closer to Christ, the more we're repenting. Yes. And so... Right. The more, you know, another way to put it, the more we think we grow in holiness, the more we're very in tune with our unholiness and our need for repentance. Yeah. And so that's sort of one of the lessons that I've been like thinking about as we talk about segueing into that, that I need to kind of relentlessly self-examine and relentlessly apply grace to myself in in that Mm self-examination. And then... And only then really can I be of any good to somebody else. It's the plank spec thing, right? If I'm not taking the plank out of my own eye, I am of, that's what Jesus says. I'm really of no use. It's not that me trying to help you with your spec is a bad thing, but I got a plank sticking on my eye. I'm, it's really, I am, I'm, I'm of no use mm-hmm. missionally. Uh, and so the same way in which I hopefully would take the spec out of your eye graciously, humbly, lovingly, I need to apply that to myself and say, well, this is just part of growth. Uh, and I think that I w- thinking that I want to be farther than I am fools me into a place where I'd actually don't give grace to myself because I'm, that would be an admission that I need it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, when no, I need it. Yeah. It's interesting because, you know, we're all different types of people. And I'd done a couple of talks uh, lately and had conversations around um, our own perception of ourself and whether we beat ourselves up or whether we're self-condemners or hard on ourselves. And some people just say to me, you know, I don't quite relate to that. So I usually have two thoughts when they say that. Um, Either that is happening in their own life and they're just not aware of it because it's deep, deeper down or they may not be that type of person. They may be, is what I'm hearing a little bit of you say is, it's, I'm not a self-condemner. I'm, uh, you know, I self-inflate. I self-exalt. Right. I right. actually think that I'm doing way better than maybe I really am doing. And so there's the, there's the pride that shows up in a couple of different ways. You know, self-exaltation or self-deprecation. You know, inflating me or pushing me down when true you know, Christ-centeredness probably is a more sober view of who I really am in Jesus. I'm desperately sick and ill, and yet I'm more loved and valued than maybe I even can give myself the credit for. Right, right. And destined to be 
a glorious, majestic person for eternity. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the truth is actually worse and better, as you say, than we want to believe. And I do think that's part of it is, yeah, for whatever reason, some of us never think we're, we have any good in us. Mm -hmm. And some of us really don't want to think we have any bad. That's a really good way to put it. I like that. And you know, the healthy part is, you know, you know, judge yourself with sober judgment as Paul says that in Romans 12, Mm -hmm. I think, um, where there's a sober judgment as if I'm looking at another person, like, unless I'm, you know, can, can I step my back from myself and say, look, can I be honest with where am I growing? Where do I need to grow? And I do think part of that is part of another sort of thing I've been thinking, because I do think the world, the the acceleration of the world, the acceleration of the change of the world, uh, is, has been something that has struck me that maybe I'm just getting older. Uh, and so it seems that way to me, but I don't think that's necessarily the case. I do think when you step back and think about the different ways in which our culture has changed, uh, in the last number of years that, um, there, that is impacting me in some way. Mm-hmm. And I should not pretend it's not. And I should probably ask myself the question, how is that impacting me? Am I, under, am I seeking to understand it? Uh, am, I curious, am I curious about it so that I can be a better ambassador and, and cross over and translate the gospel into whatever voice it needs to be in? Uh, or am, does it make me angry or does it make me afraid or does it make me afraid for my kids and grandkids? And the answer could be yes, all of those mm-hmm. maybe. So, I mean, again, it's not, it's a both and sort of thing, but I do think that when you step back and think, you know, even 10 years ago, the world was a pretty different place, mm-hmm. right? Uh, uh, and I think whether it's, social media or the the fragmentation of our culture or the outrage culture or the growing despair and the, you know, growing number of deaths of despair and suicide. And all of this is happening and I'm somehow aware of it in the day to day. Do I step back and like, what do I do with that? What should we as a body of Christ do with it? How is it impacting me? Am I just closing myself off from it? Am I avoiding it, ignoring it? Or am I buying into it? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, am I getting all ramped up about politics more than I should or in ways that I shouldn't? Am I, what is it, how is it impacting me? Yeah, that's a good question. And that was one of my questions that I would like to sit down with um, probably in the next week or so. Cause you know, for us in church work, these are really busy times until tomorrow right. basically. Um, so I haven't really had the time I've wanted and we'll get away from our home and go visit family. And that's always helpful for me to get out of my routine. And it always causes a sort of nice space to have mm-hmm. uh, for breaking up the schedule for reflection. But I was wondering, I do feel like I'm a little bit in between generations. I wasn't quite introduced to the internet until, you know, high right. school. And then right. I didn't get a cell phone until college. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but then I have, kids or I'm living in this other world where all they know, like Mm -hmm. all the generation knows is I won't know what it's like to not have a device, something like that. A screen that I have with me. Yeah. That I can have global access. Um, and so I, uh, 
for me, it is a good question of, it's easy to talk about, oh, sure, every generation is going to bump up against this next generation and then the next generation, and it's going to cause them to uh, either be afraid or to adapt and change, or, or all the above, not necessarily ors. But it's easy to talk about it until you start to, like, really engage in it and then really awaken some true fears or some true concerns. And then you have to ask yourself the question, am I going to be this type of person that shrinks because Mm -hmm. it's too overwhelming? Mm -hmm. I can't keep up with it. I don't even know where to start Mm -hmm. or says I need to continue to try to understand, you know, what is the changes? What are the changes going on? And that leads me to the question that I really want to sit down with is what is the future of Christianity in North America in Mm -hmm. the church. Right. And how do we continue to, what is the, what is the way forward? Right. What's the way forward? Like how do we continue to tell the story? Well, be faithful. And also faithfulness includes, um, contextualization. Yeah. Yeah. Without changing any theological positions or without, you know, changing belief in the Bible or the core doctrines, how do we translate that into a world that's now different and probably less amenable to that story from an, in, you know, any number of different fronts. Um, I think that's a really difficult question. I just don't think, and I don't think we can avoid it. I do think most people, as I think, have some mixture of kind of outrage, rage against the machine, mm-hmm. you know, rage monkey. Great band, by the way. Great band. <laughs> um, kind of shake your fist at the sky and, uh, and or just withdraw, mm-hmm. ignore, put my head in the sand. And, and, you know, some of us are wired one way, some of us are wired the other way. And I do think, you know, we're called to neither. We can lament and we can bring our anger and fear at the injustice of the world to the Lord. Um, we can try to live in ways that protect ourselves from, you know, some of its worst expressions, but we're really called to that middle place of how do I be aware of the world enough to translate? You know, it's that ambassador image Mm -hmm. where I have to not lose touch with the home country. I have to know who the king is and what his agenda is and what his kingdom is about. And as, you know, as I am now an ambassador to 2020 America, what does that mean? How do I translate? across generations and across different cultural expressions. And I don't think there are easy answers to that question. And I think it will be increasingly probably uncomfortable. Uh, And I don't know that that's necessarily a bad thing for the gospel or for the mission. Like, I think we've been able to be Christians and be comfortable. And I'm not always sure that's been that good. That helpful. Right. What do you think about this? I, I think it will be uncomfortable. And I think the way forward is often unclear. So there's risks you take, there's chances you take, there's a learning experience of, well, I don't know if that helped or I don't know if that worked. And I think there's a lot of room, uh, in grace for those, uh, you don't have to be so certain, but you do have to live with faith. Um, I heard this the other day, or, or maybe I read it. Um, it wasn't what got Jesus killed about the good news wasn't necessarily that it was good. It was that it was new for them Mm -hmm. and they reacted to this, the newness of it. And I think there's something in the human psyche that says the person that's new, the concept that's new, whatever it is, it can be our immediate reaction is fear. Maybe I don't know. I think that's right. I think especially the more settled we are with the status quo, the more comfortable we are with the way things are, 
when someone comes along and says the way things are have to change, we don't like that. And I think that's sort of, as we're talking, sort of the message of the church to the body of Christ is things do have to change. Don't exactly know how. Uh, I don't know. I mean, things have changed, of course. And so it's not like a once for all thing, but things will have to continue to change and stuff forms of ministry maybe that I liked and a ministry event that, Hey, I liked that. Yeah. And I want my, I had that experience. I, yeah, that's I, I want my kids. That's what I want that. And, but, yeah. the, but the reality is they're not going to have that same experience because the world is different. Mm-hmm. And what would give them the same experience might be a different thing. That's and I think thing. that's difficult and uncomfortable and this forces us to think missionally. And I do think the, for all of us, uh, in the church that, you know, the church doesn't exist for the comfort of the members. And I think we all, all would agree with that, except when we wouldn't. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And that includes staff, includes everybody. Like that's uncomfortable. I don't want to do it, but it might be the right thing to do. So that's like the big, for me, the big reflection of, you know, I've got my, like, how do I relentlessly self-examine and and apply grace to myself so I can apply grace to others probably as a precursor for, can I apply grace to this world? Can I be an agent of grace to this world? And what does that look like? Mm. Right. What will be received as, as grace? And, um, and I do think, you know, we're not like in the worst position in the history of the world, obviously. It's just, we had it pretty comfortably and it's getting less comfortable and as far as the mission of the church goes, it may not be a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah. You see in the, in the history of the church that whenever there has been any type of transition slash persecution, um, it's been a good mm-hmm. outcome in the long run yeah. for the yeah. church. The, 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 in history, the church that is the churches that had the most dangerous surrounding times was when it was easy was when maybe they, it was closely aligned with the government as happened uh, right. in history in China and in Europe, right. um, when Christianity was official, it actually began to fizzle out. Right. It was the official state religion. Right. And I think that's, you know, it grows weak when we, when we're the less desperate we are for the God's power and God's intervention and God's whatever, the, the yeah. more we on ourselves, we rely. And I think that's, so the long run is kind of, you know, what this is all about and really what this conversation is all about is how does the short run apply to the long run. And, you know, that's one of the things I've been thinking about all year is, and it gets, you know, the, the whole idea of story, seeing my life through the lens of us, I'm in a story, not just the span of years that make up my lifetime. That's one story, but that span is connected to other spans, my family, kids, wife, but it's also connected to this larger story where, you know, God's, God is glorified in the end. The church is redeemed in the end. All the wrongs are made right in the end. Um, and that helps me live. I think it should help me live with hope, with peace, with it. Like I don't have to have, I don't have to pretend I have all these easy answers about what to do in the church in 2020. Mm -hmm. Uh, it doesn't mean we don't have a responsibility. It just means that the whole big story doesn't rise or fall with me or with us. Mm -hmm. It moves forward based on what we're doing and how we're faithful. 
Um, so it's, it's less a mat. I, you know, like we have to find the right strategy where I, I feel like the lesson I'm learning is we have to be a people whose lives fit the bigger story. That's like the most important thing. And that's like not a strategy, but it's like the most profound strategy. Yeah, I think that's true. Another way to say it is I, I get to relieve myself of the burden of saving the world. Right. Because it's not mine to bear. Right. Um, my responsibility is to cooperate with God's invitation to me mm -hmm. on what type of person I'm becoming. Mm -hmm. And yes, to have some form of ministry. Yeah. Um, quote unquote, right. I say that in quotes because that may be you building long-term relationship with your neighbor yeah. and that's ministry, and, right. you know, praying for them and right. caring for them. And, right. And God's uh, doing whatever with yeah, that. Yeah. And God's doing whatever with that. But it's, I don't have to say, well, I've got to, ch my life is about, I've got to change the world. Right. I've got to figure out the right way to have this conversation, which that's fine. But if I'm not, if they don't see me as a person who has some hope, some peace yeah. and is loving yeah. and gracious, then it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like you could have the perfect conversational strategy. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. And I think that part is, oh, so that's a strategy I can't really be in control of. I can only cooperate with. It's, I mean, I have to become more like Christ. In order for any strategy to work, I have to become more like Christ. And if I become more like Christ, Lots of strategies probably yeah, so that's, work. That's the strategy, <laughs> that right? <is> the strategy. <laughs> and it sounds so simple, but I think it's becoming more and more like foundation. Like we won't even have the conversation. Like no. we won't even enter into any sort of interaction unless there's something about us that's different. That yeah. Something supernatural, something, right? Something heavenly, something divine. Yeah, unless, one way to say it is unless people actually think you have something deeper and maybe even also more transcendent to offer them there's no there's no curiosity right i mean the watching world is not sitting around desperately waiting for the church to get it they're just not they don't think about no the they're, church. They're no no it's, it's largely irrelevant at in all their minds right because right. you know we've got a lot of things we're figuring stuff out we're going forward right uh in the mindset so yeah so we have to be that asking that question what kind of people are we becoming yeah and i think that's i do think that's a a sort of an epical foundational something that I don't know if this is exactly true, but let's say roughly a hundred years ago or so, probably sooner, probably more recently than that, there was a sense in North America, at least that, um, you know, what is the right thing to do? Uh, and does the Bible say something about this that I need to listen to? These were sort of cultural background questions and somebody might go to church to find out, Right. what the right thing to do is well that we're not we're not there anymore mm -hmm. and i don't know if the first like the what is the right thing to do is asked even in the same way like there's not there's not a i don't think people think there's one right thing that applies to everyone as you find your own right or whatever whatever that might be and so they're not coming to church to find out what the answer is uh in some sense we have to intrude god's grace and truth and love on them in some other way to maybe just get their attention, right? Yeah. Which is like how it was in the first church, because obviously first century Rome wasn't looking <laughs> right to the church. They didn't yeah. even know what the church was. Arguably it was a more challenging situation. <laughs> yeah, probably not arguably, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, I think that's the, but there's no like transformation, um, life change, um, you know, divine action in our life 
like the, the, there's no way, there's no way around that, right? There's yeah. no, that's sort of like, I, I kind of feel like we feel like we can just sort of avoid it or run out the clock or, and it's one of the things that through different things that have happened in the lives of people that we, you know, Chad and I, Jacob personally know, it's caused me to reflect and you can't run out the clock. Right. It's whatever it is you're dealing, it's not going away. You know, it, you, you can't run out the clock. Yeah. You can't avoid it. Uh, you can't pretend it's not there. I mean, you it feels like you can for a while. And then one day, surprisingly, it all crashes down yeah. because you were trying to run away around the clock or look away and, and you can't. And so, you know, maybe that's a question as we, as we get near the end of this is there's, what do, what do you need to look at? You know, what do you need to offer to the Lord? What do you need to change? How do you need to offer yourself a new, new to the Lord and let redemption happen hmm. in you? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's true. Um, I think on a, a personal related note, um, for me, one of the things that I will ref- think about and that has been striking me, um, really, really true in the past few months is I, uh, my evaluation of myself as a leader in the church and in the home has changed since I come into 2019. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, because I think I thought, um, maybe higher of myself and then through this year and we went through a big reorg here and there's just been different, um, you know, leadership opportunities slash challenges. And I, thought last few months I've been coming out of this thinking, Oh, I have a whole lot to learn. Mm. I thought, I didn't think I had arrived. I wasn't there, Mm -hmm. but I did think that I, um, (laughs) I, my estimations changed Mm -hmm. and it's, it's, um, more messy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, right. It's more messy. And, um, even in the home I'm learning of, I'm always trying to figure out, okay, well, how do I shepherd, guide, lead, mm-hmm. influence, but not control, manipulate yeah. power? Right. Because yeah. my personality, I can be really aggressive mm-hmm. under stress or really kind of like submissive and dependent. Mm-hmm. And neither of those are really helpful right. for me. Somewhere in the middle. Somewhere right. in the middle yeah. or a different plane. What's the gospel inviting yeah. me to as yeah. an individual? And I think that's, you know, whatever... Uh, you know, we probably have to, you, you got to go to a Christmas Eve run through. They're going to hear this after Christmas Eve. It's kind of a happy <laughs> new year. In just a few uh, minutes, just we're few preparing minutes, your service. Right. <laughs> um, but I do think that, I mean, first of all, leadership is easy when you don't have to do it. Yeah. Um, but it's also can be, it can feel easy if you're not doing it well. Hmm. Because, you know, doing it well requires humility, requires self-reflection, requires, okay, I needed to do that different or better or whatever, or what, I, what do I need to know about myself? Because people are depending on me in some sense that they weren't before. Uh, and I, I do think that's in a microcosm, like we're caused in a sense, we're, we're called in a sense to lead the world to Christ. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we could, we can't be ultra aggressive or we can be passive. We have to find this middle ground of an appealing like, can I become the kind of person that people want to follow as a leader? Can I become the kind of person that people are at least curious about and want to ask about? And then maybe by God's spirit, something supernatural happens. Uh, and I think that's, that's our calling. That's yeah. our calling in 2020. Yeah. So 
Happy yeah. New Year, people. Happy New Year. <laughs> yeah, what are your questions? What are, What about you? What are you going to think about in the next few weeks or so when the year comes to a close? You know, whatever it is, take some time. Take some time to think about 2019, mm-hmm. maybe even 2019, 2018. Like what, yeah. what has been the rhythms of these years for you? Right. What's what is happened? God's grace revealing he, to right. you? Right, was he teaching you? Yeah. And we'd love to hear. Like you can, yeah. you know, shoot us a message. Uh, you know, they can do that via Facebook. They can do that via the... Uh, the podcast player, the anchor, there's a way to leave a voice message. Yeah, or phone Jacob. Phone Jacob. Put your cell on there, Jake. Yeah. <laughs> right. 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 If he was a if he was if he was a good Christian, he'd have his cell phone cell phone up there. Um you know, and then um as you're at, I mean, I think for me, it that can feel all feel overwhelming, but go forward and hope. Mm. Christmas is a season of hope. New Year's, I think, is a, it's it's hopeful, I yeah. think. So we as people of God's church, God's word, God's mission, um, if we're sort of, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? Or Advent is really always happening, yes, right? Yes. Like there's always a hope of God's presence breaking through the day yes. each moment. He's always on right. the arrival, so right. to speak. We just kind of celebrate it and box it in yeah. at the end of the and year. And so he's asking us to be that hope for other people, to be that arrival perhaps. Yeah. And how does that look? And um, and that he's going to do it. Like in the end, in the end, he's going to do it. So we can go forth with sort of a humble, dependent confidence. Like there's faith is the word for that, maybe. I think so. <laughs> <There's> a... <laughs> yeah, I think, oh man, we're, we're riffing now. But trust is passive, faith is active. Yeah, like yeah. It's, it's step into it. Yeah. Step into yeah, it. Go for it. Um, and so we probably better close down. It's been a it's been a great year for Rogue Table Talks. We yeah. love you people. We kicked off. Yeah. This year. We kicked it off. So... We're gonna we're gonna hit it hard next year. Yeah. And have a Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Love to all. Thanks for listening to Rogue Table Talks, a Calvary Church Media Productions podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts.